Hi, this is Father Neil here, and you're welcome to this podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. And in this, the January 28th edition, we will be looking at numbers 153 through 165 of the Catechism. The Characteristics of Faith Faith is a grace, 153. When St. Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus declared to him that this revelation did not come from flesh and blood, but from my Father who is in heaven. Faith is a gift of God, a supernatural virtue infused by him. Before this faith can be exercised, man must have the grace of God to move and assist him. He must have the interior help of the Holy Spirit, who moves the heart and converts it to God, who opens the eyes of the mind and makes it easy for all to accept and believe the truth. Faith is a human act, 154. Believing it is possible only by grace and the interior helps of the Holy Spirit. But it is no less true that believing is an authentically human act. Trusting in God and cleaving to the truths he has revealed are contrary neither to human freedom nor to human reason. Even in human relations, it is not contrary to our dignity to believe what the other persons tell us about themselves and their intentions or to trust their promises. For example, when a man and a woman marry, to share a, com- a communion of life with one another. If this is so, still less is it contrary to our dignity to yield by faith the full submission of intellect and will to God who reveals and to share in an interior communion with him. 155. In faith, the human intellect and will cooperate with divine grace. Believing is an act of the intellect assenting to the divine truth by command of the will moved by God through grace. Faith and understanding, 156. What moves us to believe is not the fact that revealed truths appear as true and intelligible in the light of our natural reason. We believe because the authority of God himself who reveals them, who can neither deceive nor be deceived. So, that the submission of our faith might nevertheless be in accordance with reason, God willed that external proofs of his revelation should be joined to the internal helps of the Holy Spirit. Thus the miracles of Christ and the saints, prophecies, the church's growth and holiness, and her fruitfulness and stability are the most sure, certain signs of divine revelation adapted to the intelligence of all. Their motives of credibility, motive, motiva credibilitatis, which show that the ascent of faith is by no means a blind impulse of the mind. 157. Faith is certain. It is more certain than all human knowledge because it is founded on the very word of God who cannot lie. To be sure, revealed truths seem, can seem obscure to human reason and experience, but the certainty that the divine light gives is greater than that which the natural light of reason gives. Ten thousand difficulties do not make one doubt. 
158. Faith seeks understanding. It is intrinsic to faith that a believer desires to know better the one in whom he has put his faith and to understand better what he has revealed. A more penetrating knowledge will in turn call forth a greater faith, increasingly set afire by love. The grace of faith opens the eyes of your hearts to a lively understanding of the contents of revelation, that is, of the totality of God's plan and the mysteries of faith, of their connection with each other and with Christ, the centre of the revealed mystery. The same Holy Spirit constantly perfects faith by his gifts so that revelation may be more and more profoundly understood. In the words of St. Augustine, I believe in order to understand, and I understand the better to believe. 159. Faith and Science Through Though faith is above reason, there can never be any real discrepancy between faith and reason, since the same God, who reveals mysteries and infuses faith, has bestowed the light of reason on the human mind. God cannot deny himself, nor can truth ever contradict truth. Consequently, methodical research in all branches of knowledge, provided it is carried out in a truly scientific manner and does not override moral laws, can never conflict with the faith, because the things of the world and the things of faith derive from the same God, the humble and persevering investigator of the secrets of nature, is being led, as it were, by the hand of God in spite of himself. For it is God, the conserver of all things, who made them what they are. The freedom of faith, 160. To be human, man's response to God, by faith, must be free. And therefore nobody is to be forced to embrace the faith against his will. The act of faith is, of its very nature, a free act. God calls men to serve him in spirit and in truth. Consequently, they are bound to him in conscience, but not coerced. This fact received its fullest manifestation in Christ Jesus. Indeed, Christ invited people to faith and, conver and conversion, but never coerced them. For he bore witness to the truth, but refused to use force to impose it on those who spoke against it. His kingdom grows by the love with which Christ, lifted up on the cross, draws all men to himself. The Necessity of Faith 161. Believing in Christ Jesus, and in the one who sent him for our salvation, is necessary for obtaining that salvation. Since without faith it is impossible to please God, and to attain to the fellowship of his sons. Therefore without faith, no one has ever attained justification, nor will anyone obtain eternal life, but he who endures to the end. Perseverance and Faith 162 Faith is an entirely free gift that God makes to man. We can lose this priceless gift, as St. Paul indicated to St. Timothy. Wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting conscience, certain persons have made a shipwreck of their faith. To live, grow, 
and persevere in the faith until the end must nourish it with the word of God. We must beg the Lord to increase our faith. It must be working through charity, abounding in hope and rooted in the faith of the church. Faith, the beginning of eternal life. 163. Faith makes us taste in advance the light of the beatific vision, the goal of our journey here below. Then we shall see God face to face as he is. So faith is already the beginning of eternal life. When we contemplate the blessings of faith, even now, as if gazing at a reflection in a mirror, it is as if we already possessed the wonderful things which our faith assures us we shall one day enjoy. 164. Now, however, we walk by faith, not by sight. We perceive God, as in a mirror, dimly, and only in part, even though enlightened by him in whom it believes, faith is often lived in darkness and can be put to the test. The world we live in often seems very far from the one promised us by faith. Our experiences of evil and suffering, injustice and death seem to contradict the good news. They can shake our faith and become a temptation against it. 165. It is then we must turn to the witness of faith, to Abraham, who in hope believed against hope, to the Virgin Mary, who in her pilgrimage of faith walked in into the night of faith, in sharing the darkness of her son's suffering and death, and to so many others. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So very good. So it was a slightly longer section again today, but um, this, um, these characteristics of faith, and to see that faith is a gift. First of all, it is a gift. God gives the gift of faith. Yes, a gift like any gift, we are free to accept it or to reject it, to take it or to leave it. But if it's not given to us, we don't have it. So that's the first thing. So to see that God calls, and that doesn't mean that he calls the good ones. In fact, St. Paul will tell us somewhere that God usually calls those who are weak, those who are contemptible in the world. So it's not that we can think ourselves as being better than others. And then the other thing is that faith makes sense. Always the Catholic position has been that faith is intelligible. That quote of St. Anselm is that faith is looking for understanding that we had. That is one of the definitions of theology, faith in search of, of understanding. And that faith can be understood. We mightn't always understand it, but it can be understood. And that holiness is the most important key. It's not so much human intelligence to be a human genius, which is fine, but it is not as important for understanding faith, for having faith, for understanding the truths of the faith, as holiness is. And we're invited, as Christians, to deepen our faith, to deepen our belief, to deepen our understanding of what we believe. And this is what each one of us is called to. And in this tension that's there, because oftentimes, unfortunately, there seems to be a tension between the church and reason, between the church and science. 
and the church has got no fear of science. Any science that is genuine, a genuine search for the truth, is fine for the church. That they really are um, uh, parallel ways to the same place. These two wings of faith and this of faith and uh, reason. That Saint John Paul II wrote a very important encyclical letter on faith and reason, speaking about this. But that we are called to trust science to see science, but to see science as a fallible thing as well, that not every scientist is perfect, not every theory of science is proven, and many times the theories change. But we can't be afraid of learning, so that the same God who made, it's the same truth. All truth has the same source. And um, again, there's many different aspects of it, of this section, but um, just to say that at the end it speaks about this night of faith, the dark night of the soul, this dark night of faith, that many times it seems like we, 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 we can't believe. Everything is darkness. This is what Abraham experienced, that God had him walk for years. In the end, yes, he gave him everything he needed, but Abraham walked for years, not understanding, even ultimately when he goes up Mount Moriah with his son Isaac, that God invites him to sacrifice his son. And it seems that God is taking everything away and God is making Abraham's life a disaster. And yet Abraham believes against all belief. He hopes against all hope. And this ultimately becomes his justification. The same with the Virgin Mary, that she is in darkness so many times with her son going towards the passion, not understanding humanly, yet having faith that it will be okay. And each one of us is called to this, even at times it may seem to us that we can't understand. It can seem that it doesn't make sense. It can seem hopeless. And yet our faith is something that is deeper than human hope. And it invites us really to trust in God and to see that God will always see us through. So very good. So tomorrow we're going to continue. And tomorrow we'll be looking at it'll be shorter again. 166 to 169. God bless.